Lays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, February 2nd, the night before the big, highly anticipated home matchup for the Hawks versus the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns, and the Hawks' seven-game win streak ended on Monday after a loss on the second night of a back-to-back versus Toronto. And I hate to say I told you so, but that was the one game in a stretch that truly made me nervous because it was, again, a back-to-back against a very solid team in Toronto that can create turnovers, and without Trey Young, we fell short. But we did make up a lot of ground in this seven-game winning streak. And we are going to briefly address the good from Sunday's win versus the Lakers. Even though there's no Braun in that game, there were still some good things to take away from just winning the game and winning your seventh straight game. And what I took away from the loss against Toronto on Monday, the good and the bad in that matchup, I'm going to talk about things that need to stay as far as with this Hawks team going forward, whether it's trades, stuff on the court, no matter what, we're going to talk about what needs to stay that, so that the Hawks can continue this success going forward in the second half of the season and then preview the game tomorrow versus the Suns. But first, this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% Deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. I'm going to talk about the Lakers and Raptors matchups briefly. We split those two games, and as tough as it was to see that winning streak come to an end and how great it would be to sit here 
to talking to you guys about the Suns Hawks matchup. Two teams with the longest winning streaks in the NBA currently leading up to the tomorrow night's matchup on TNT National Television here in Atlanta, State Farm Arena. Oh, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one. But we lost the game to the Raptors. And honestly, I'm just happy to see this team claw back into a playing spot right now with obviously a lot more work to be done in the road ahead. But digging themselves out of a hole and taking it one game at a time, and that's certainly what they have been doing and what they will have to continue doing going forward. Now, the games were a few days ago, but I will briefly list the good from the Lakers game and talk about the good and bad from the Raptors' loss on Monday night. I'm going to start with the Lakers matchup. That was a fun one. Down by 10 going into the fourth quarter. And then a huge run in the fourth quarter. Hawks executing. Knocking down shots. Forcing tough shots for the Lakers. Obviously Malik Monk went off that game. AD did his thing with 27. Even Russ had an efficient game from the floor with 20. But it was the Hawks in the end that pulled it out. Scoring in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Lakers down the stretch, out-executing them. And a positive in that game was obviously the Hawks winning that game, but scoring 129 points versus the Los Angeles Lakers. They had 31 team assists. Team assists, as you guys know, big stat that I like to look at. That means ball movement. That means sharing the ball and looking to find the best possible shot within that offensive set. And obviously that led to success for the Hawks. The Hawks did shoot four, sorry, 58% from the floor on Sunday afternoon. They won a rebounding margin, which was a positive. They won points in the paint, which, I mean, Lakers had some size. Now, all that size did not play. But you got to win on the glass against the Lakers. You have to keep those players that like to drive, like Russ, like... Avery Bradley, who likes to get to the cup. You know, AD has the capability to put the ball on the floor as well. You got to keep them out the paint. And to win points in the paint, even though it seems small as far as, as a statistic, was big in my book on Sunday afternoon. A Congo with a lot of signature dunks and a top 10 sports center dunk. The alley-oop, which he reached back and tomahawked that down. That was a beautiful dunk. But he had several dunks in the second half of that game that really were big energy plays for this Hawks team. And he had a really good performance, 16 points, five rebounds, and played well on both ends of the floor. So just you cannot say enough about how Okongu has been playing as of late. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him a little bit later. And hold on, before I do that, Okongu... Should have been in the Rising Stars game. I don't know why, but let them continue to sleep on Oyeka Okongwu, who a lot of people continue to say, we should have drafted Tyrese Halliburton. I think the Okongwu draft pick is going to pay off currently and in the future because I truly think he's going to be the center of the future for this Hawks team. When that's all, you know, when the dust settles and we figure out what to do with Capella. 
Okongu is going to be a mainstay on this team for years to come. And he, he should be. Another positive from Sunday, Trey Young. 36 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds. He had 11 free throw attempts, 4 three-pointers made, and shot over 50% from the floor. He was the leader. He is always the offensive engine. And he did what he had to do, getting to the free throw line, distributing the ball, scoring, and being efficient. When he's efficient, things tend to go well for the Hawks. Another positive, John Collins, 13 shot attempts. And he had 20 points and grabbed 11 rebounds. I love when John Collins gets the shot attempts and he's given the opportunity to be featured in the offense as we should already have been doing. It's still something that we struggle with and fight against <laughs> since last year, since I've been covering this team. But we need to continue to give him looks so he can be effective. And he was certainly effective against the Lakers on Sunday. Bogey's big shots in the fourth, that was another huge positive. It's just a really solid team win against the Lakers. We gave up 121, but it's the Lakers. Got a lot of vets. They can make runs, and certainly they made a run in the third quarter to push the lead out to 10, but the Hawks were resilient. They kept fighting, and they ended up pulling out the win at home. Now, second out of a back-to-back, that Raptors game was going to be tough, and we did fall short 106-100. But I'm going to talk about the positives first and then some of the negatives that were in this game that I hope are not trends or behaviors that are continued as we move throughout the rest of the second half of the season. A positive, even though we lost, the Raptors only scored 106. They only scored 106 points. And typically any game where the Hawks are forcing the opponent to score 106 points and shoot just under 43% from the floor, typically the Hawks will win that game. Now, not having Trey Young, another piece in this offense, definitely stood out, which was something that we were missing. And that's going to obviously lend to the negatives that I talk about from Monday's game against the Raptors. But I say that's a positive. You keep a team under 110 points, and they shoot under 45% from the floor. Typically, that's a win. Another positive, 2018 assist. They're really moving the ball as of late. I love seeing that. I want to say there was a statistic in the last 10 games, the Hawks are averaging 27 team assists. And ironically, in those last 10 games, the Hawks are 7-3. and three. So keeping that ball moving, keeping everybody involved in the offense, is lending to obviously higher field goal percentage, higher three-point shooting percentages, and just a happier team who is willing to play on a defensive end because they're never going to eventually get a touch on the offensive end. So I like that. Herter was spectacular Monday night, 26 points, 9 of 12 shooting from the floor, 5 of 6 from 3. I love what Kavon is doing, Kavon things, and Bogey. Off the bench, 18 points, four assists, five rebounds. They both did their thing offensively for the Hawks on Monday night. That was great to see. Obviously, bogey and rhythm and hot. Really getting used to playing on this bench and 
being the guy off the bench. I love it. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. And anytime Herter, as I said, does his thing, I'm happy. The Hawks bench continues to produce in the winning streak, and they produced on Monday night. They certainly were not the problem. And then DeAndre Hunter, another positive, 17 points, five rebounds on Monday night. But now, I'm going to talk about the negatives. Mm. Your starting front court and Capella and Collins combined for 12 points and 15 rebounds. That's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done. I mean, John Collins, 3 of 11 from the floor, only scored 6 points that game. 7, maybe. I have to go back and double-check the stats, but all in all, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. You don't have a Trey Young. I mean, Herter and Bogey are doing their thing. You would expect them to feature John Collins more. And he had 11 shot attempts, only made three on Monday night. Could it be fatigue? Could it be how they play defense on him? I mean, a combination of those things, but... Certainly, when Trey Young is out, any game he's out, I expect John Collins to step up and us to feature him more. And when you are fed, you got 11 shot attempts, you have to produce. And he did not. Capella, not a terrible game. But, I mean, John Collins didn't carry the weight in that front court matchup on Monday night. And that is not, I mean, not a cause for concern, but very disappointing, in my opinion. Guarding the three-point line was a negative. We've done a much better job running teams off the three-point line, contesting three-point shots, or forcing contested, tough, mid-range shots. And we let Gary Trent go off beyond the three-point line as he scored 31 on us and hit a lot of threes. And as a team, the Raptors made 18 threes, which was tied for their season high. And they shot 50% from the three-point line. That's not going to cut it. I feel like that in this next next statistic, 15 Hawks turnovers led to that loss on Monday night. We got to guard the three-point line. We have to run them off the three-point line. Can't let them shoot 50% from there. Anytime a team shoots 50% from three, you're going to lose. And the crazy thing is they shot 50% from three, made 18 threes, and only scored 106 points. Mm. So it tells you that that stat is huge. And then Hawks turnovers were huge. And we fed into the strength of the Raptors. They are one of the best teams at creating turnovers. And we were careless with the ball at times. And our offense without Trey Young did stall at times, especially in the third quarter, which made it hard to fight back in the fourth quarter. So these are things, these negatives are things that I want to get clean up before we see the Raptors again in a few days up in Toronto. So, gotta. Luckily, we'll have Trey Young. Hopefully, we'll have Trey Young back for that matchup. But that ball movement stopped. It stalled. The defense tightened up for the Raptors, and they made it tough on us. And that's what led the Raptors to get hot, especially towards the end of the third quarter. And the Hawks had to claw back to try to come back, but ultimately fell short. And then also a negative, as I said, not having Trey Young. We win if he's healthy. Right now, he's questionable going into tomorrow night's matchup versus the Suns with that shoulder contusion. We need him if we're going to 
upset the Suns and get revenge on the Raptors on Friday night. It's just going to have to happen. Have, have to happen. We got to have Trey back. I mean, he's our all-star, all-star starter, well-deserved, nominee for Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Should be, obviously, at the top of the list for Eastern Conference Player of the Week almost every week with how he's performing. Have to have him healthy. But, again, it's one game, but things in that game were out of character for the current streak that the Hawks were on. Obviously, the seven-game streak that's over. Some things were out of character. The turnovers, um, not guarding the three-point line, the stalls on offense, out of character, which led to the loss versus Toronto, and things that we certainly do not need to make a habit of. Now, I'm going to talk in this next segment, things that need to stay with the Hawks. We saw a lot of good in the seven-game winning streak. We saw some things that have been working I want to talk about some things that have been working that need to stay going forward. Number one, Bogey coming off the bench and Herter in the lineup. That needs to stay. Again, one of the things that we always talk about is that Trey Young needs a second superstar, another person that can get their own shot and create for others in that starting lineup. And I agree, we still need that. But... When Trey Young is on the floor, we kind of designate Bogey into more catch-and-shoot opportunities, and it kind of limits his offensive game. And I think playing alongside Trey Young for some of these players can limit their game if they're obviously not doing any off-ball movement to get them some action. And that's going to lend to Bogey being more cold if he's in the starting lineup. But if he's off the bench... Leading that bench unit and being the guy, the go-to scorer off the bench. He obviously looks more comfortable. He's able to get into his spots. He's not just shooting threes. He's shooting mid-range jumpers. He's getting to the paint, shooting that little fadeaway in the paint. That's just been nasty to watch. Nasty to watch. And he looks confident and comfortable off the bench. And certainly he's a guy who can be a starter. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a starter in the NBA because he is. But just giving him free reign to just do him off the bench has paid off as far as his confidence. Now, just because he's coming off the bench doesn't mean he can't close games. And maybe that's something that they figure out as far as his minutes throughout the game where he can finish finish games, especially if he starts that fourth quarter, he's hot, sits out, and then comes back with five four minutes left in the fourth quarter, you know, still a little bit lukewarm for catch and shoot opportunity, but bogey certainly has been a great, great piece to have coming off the bench, you know, especially when Gallo's not making shots and Lou will is not necessarily making shots. Bogey is there off the bench doing his thing. And I like Kevin Herter in the starting lineup. I do. Now, He's another guy, just like Bogey, that has to get the ball in his spots, get into the mid-range, you know, not just make him a catch-and-shoot three guy because obviously, certainly, he can knock down a three just like Bogey. But I like when they're able to kind of spread their wings and be a three-level scorer because each of them are a three-level scorer. Him and her, Bogey and Herter are three-level scorers. 
but Herder's a little bit better on a defensive end than Bogey. Bogey can get steals, but Herder is really underrated, in my opinion, with off-ball defense. A little bigger in stature, obviously. And I think that's nice to have in the starting lineup next to Trey Young instead of Bogey. Let Bogey come off the bench and do his thing. Another thing that needs to stay, Okongu closing games out over Capella. Okongu is a slightly better free throw shooter than Capella. Not drastically, but certainly better. Okongu's interchangeability with his quickness and athleticism to guard the five, but also the four and potentially the three in some situations. His defense is better than Capella's, and Capella's a good defensive player. But his interchangeability on a defensive end, his energy, his effort, all of that is what I... Right now, if I'm closing games, I want Okongu on the floor, like flat out. He's been playing stellar, especially finishing around the rim. I think he's much better at finishing around the rim than Capella. So he just honestly provides a little bit more down the stretch at the five position. Now, if we have some size that we're going against, we're going to need Capella on the floor. But if we're going to play smaller lineups that are more effective in playing into the Hawks' hands, Okongu has to be a must-play closing out games, in my opinion. Things that need to stay, a person that needs to stay, John Collins on this team. We keep hearing Jeremy Grant trade. We keep hearing, oh, not getting as many touches. Is he on his way out? We need to give him touches. We need to give John Collins touches. Now, that Raptors game was abysmal. But the game before that against the Lakers, 13 shot attempts, 20 points in 11 rebounds. That's a great game. That's a great game. He is capable of doing that every single night. We have to feature him. And I'm sorry. He's gotten better as a passer every year, better as a defender every year, better as a shooter every year, and nothing against Jeremy Grant, but John Collins is a better player than Jeremy Grant. I, now, that trade talk may be outdated, and I pray that it's outdated, but John Collins needs to stay on his team. He does. Right now, he's the one that holds people accountable. He's the emotional leader, and generally when he has good games, the team wins. So that is on the team to get him going. But if you want to talk about who can go, Timothy Luau Cabrera, TLC. His minutes have drastically dwindled over the last few weeks, which could mean that he may be available, maybe moving. And I've seen some mock trades trading him for another piece that is a better defender off the bench, like a Bates Diop from the Spurs. I've seen people mock that one up. But who knows TLC's value in the league. But his minutes have certainly dwindled. He's relegated to the end of the bench. And maybe that means he is potentially going to be moved. And maybe it's not the sexiest trade if they trade TLC for Bates Diop. But another defender at the 3-4 position who can guard. It's nothing to scoff at, especially when the Hawks continually need to get better and better at the defensive end. Even though they have been better as of late defensively, getting a player who is more defensive-minded, I mean, base Diop can block shots, get steals, almost the same three-point shooting percentage, obviously a little bit less 
than TLC this year, but more well-rounded on the defensive end, can guard a three and a four. Why not? Why not? I, I, I don't dislike the trade. It's very, you know, minimal, but who knows? It could pay off in a, in a, you know, going down the stretch to close out the year in a playoff series, having another body that you can throw out that's 6'8 with some size, some strength that can defend and make things difficult for the other team. I don't know. I don't know. I could be crazy, but John Collins seems to stay on his team. Like, let's, let's be real with that. What needs to stay? The fourth quarter play for the Hawks. The Hawks have played a lot better in the fourth quarter in that seven-game stretch and even played pretty decent in the fourth quarter against the Raptors, although they fell short. That has to stay. They have to continue to execute in the fourth quarter, continue to move the ball. The bench needs to, you know, hold the baton to start the fourth quarter and then pass it off to the starters, and the starters need to take the baton and finish these games out. They've been doing that. They fell short last games, but I like what I've been seeing in the fourth quarter from the Hawks as of late. The bench productivity has to stay as well. The ball movement from the Hawks, as I said before, the Hawks have been averaging about 27 assists a game in the last 10 games, moving that ball, getting everybody touches. That must stay. Obviously, it's going to lead to higher field goal shooting percentage, higher three-point shooting percentage, and a higher probability to win games. And last but certainly not least, the defensive effort and energy has to stay on this Hawks team for us to be successful and claw back into the top eight in the Eastern Conference. It's certainly doable. It's certainly possible. I think they will do it. But these things must stay consistent if we're going to get to where we should be. We project them to be, but deserve to be when it comes down to looking at the end of March into May, leading into the playoffs, the Hawks being in the top six seven in the Eastern Conference. Seven is more realistic. Six is a it's a huge jump between six and seven right now. But things can change, but the Hawks need to just focus on what they need to do to continue to have success and climb up the Eastern Conference standings. Now, briefly, keys to pulling off the upset tomorrow night against the Suns. As I said before, the Suns have the best record in the NBA right now, 41-9. and nine. They've only lost nine games, and it's February 2nd. That's that's absurd. That's really absurd. And, and they're currently in the midst of an 11-game winning streak, obviously the longest winning streak in the NBA right now. So how do we pull off the upset? Here's some things the Hawks must do and players must do on this Hawks team to pull off this upset. It's going to be a long list, so we have to play. I'm not saying perfect basketball. But damn near, we can't beat ourselves, okay? We must run the rebound margin. The Suns are a top 10 rebounding team, which is a surprise. But when you look at JaVale McGee, even though DeAndre Hunter, I'm sorry, DeAndre Aiden has been in and out of the lineup the entire year, those are two really good rebounding centers, and they rebound well as a team. We have to have that same focus crashing the glass. We have gotten away with winning some games without winning the rebounding margin. I don't think we can get away with that against the Suns. So we have to do that tomorrow night. 
we have to take care of the ball. That was a big reason was why we lost the Raptors game. We have to take care of the ball. The Suns are second in the NBA in defensive rating. We, so that means offensively, we have to make smart passes, make the right passes. Don't force things that are not there. Moving the ball will be crucial because the Suns love to limit assist numbers for the other team and the top 10 in creating turnovers in the NBA, similar to the Raptors team we just played on Monday night, and you know we lost that game. So we have to be smart moving the ball. We have to not force things. Let the offense work. Let Do the off-ball movement. Do the things to open up opportunities for our teammates on this Hawks team so we can knock down high probability shots in order to win this ball game tomorrow night. I think the long right is going to be crucial tomorrow night in guarding Chris Paul in stretches. I think he's going to be absolutely crucial when he's in. When he's in and Chris Paul coincides, the long right is going to have to do a really good job defending Chris Paul. We know what Chris Paul can do. He's the engine getting everything going on that team. He's been playing really well the last several games, last 10 games. I think he's averaging 18 points and almost 14 assists, something crazy. The line right is going to be crucial defensively. Um, DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter are going to need to do a good defensive job on the on Devin Booker. That's a must. We They're going to have to definitely keep a body on, on him and challenge his mid-range jumper because we know he can get hot in the mid-range and just continue to knock down shot after shot after shot. We don't need that. And in the paint, DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee, who I mentioned, they are some loads inside. So Capella, Collins, and Okongwu must outwork them in the paint in order to win the game. Crashing the glass, defending without fouling, you know, just bringing that energy and that effort. If they can match their energy and surpass their energy and effort, I think the Hawks win this game. The front court is going to be crucial in this game tomorrow night. And those three, especially after Collins had a really Poor performance on Monday night. I expect him to bounce back. Okongwu to continue to play with that energy and effort. And Capella, you versus Aiden, you versus McGee. It's time to get into that paint. You get to banging, big man. Get to banging. You got to do it. The Hawks must be selective and efficient from the three-point line. The Suns are as good as any team in the NBA at guarding three-point line. So, as I said before, ball movement screens, off-ball movement will have to be there to help give us easier looks on a three-point line. We don't want to just trade threes with the Suns. We don't want to just jack up three-pointers, which we have the tendency to do at times, i.e. Trey Young, i.e. Bogey at times. We can't afford to do that this game. We have to be selective and be efficient from the three-point line. And then Two more things that are big keys for tomorrow night's game. Great bench play from the Hawks. You know, especially we have a back-to-back -back coming up. We take on the Suns tomorrow night and then travel up to Toronto the next night. The bench is going to be crucial in those stretches to give the starters some well-deserved rest. Go in and produce off the bench bulky. That's your time to shine. That's your time to eat. Do your thing when your number is called. So then the starters can come in and close the game because that was the problem. We lost to the Suns by three 
earlier in the year. And it came down to a few possessions in fourth quarter execution, which the starters failed at. The, the, the bench players played really well in that game. It was the starters that dropped the baton in that road loss to the Suns. So they're going to have to continue to be big, the bench, but the starters are going to have to carry that baton and finish out the game, execute down the stretch, and protect home court in order to pull off this upset. And if the bench can play some really big key minutes to help out the starters, it will save their legs for that matchup. Obviously having a travel, that's going to have an effect on this team. And then playing the game the next night against a Raptors team who you just saw who are tough. Bench has, has to be pretty big. And last but certainly not least, healthy Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter are going to be huge keys for tomorrow's game. As I said before, the Hawks do travel up to Toronto after they take on the Suns tomorrow night. Get another crack at this Raptors team, hopefully. And I expect the Hawks to guard the three-point line better in that game on Friday night. I expect Trey Young to be present. And I expect the Hawks to win that game. I think the Hawks win that game. I have, have the utmost confidence saying that the Hawks are going to go up to Toronto and beat the Raptors. The crowd will not be a factor. They haven't had fans in Toronto all year because of COVID. Fatigue will be a factor. And so that's why I said the bench will be crucial in tomorrow night's game and in the game up in Toronto. And last but certainly not least, limiting the number of turnovers will be something that I expect to happen for this Hawks team as they did not take care of the ball on Monday night. So a tough back-to-back. Suns Raptors, nothing to sneeze at. And then on Sunday, well, Saturday probably, they're going to travel down to Dallas to take on the Mavericks for a Sunday evening ESPN matchup. Luka versus Trey. You already know they're going to blow it up. And we're going to preview that matchup on Saturday. And I'm going to be watching that game closely. But you know, Sunday, it's not Super Bowl Sunday, but season finale of Power Book 2, Ghost. And then the season premiere of Force, you know, this show by my boy Tommy on Stars is going to be on Sunday evening. So Hawks better get this dub because if they get this dub and then it rolls into the season finale of Ghost and then Force, it's going to be a wonderful Sunday night for me. So I cannot wait. Um, and like I said, the Super Bowl is not till, not this Sunday, but the next. But the Hawks are certainly going to be must-see TV and certainly going to start off February with some tough key games that can be real eye-openers around the league to prove the fans, other teams, and themselves that that seven-game winning streak was not a fluke. This is the real Hawks and that this team is poised to make a second-half run. I believe in that. They have to continue to prove it day after day. And it obviously after losing that game, tough pill to swallow Monday. But they have an opportunity on the national stage to take on the Phoenix Suns and beat the best team in the NBA. It's going to be a fun one. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Five-star ratings all on Apple right now. Five stars everywhere. So, you know, tell everybody about the hottest show, man. I'm telling you, high quality content coming out of the booth here. And I take pride in that. So share with fellow Hawks fans, basketball fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans. It doesn't matter. Put them onto the show. Give us a follow on Twitter 
at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks. And give myself a follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. Let's go, Hawks. Starting the month of February off right. Black History Month is here. Happy Black History Month to all my people. But this is the really crucial month with All-Star Game trade deadline. Hawks really have to continue this momentum and ride this wave throughout this month. They're going to get some rest. They're going to have some time to refocus and recollect themselves. So hang in there. But a game at a time, a game at a time. We'll catch you guys next episode where we break down the Mavericks and the remaining schedule going forward.